Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Let's go Buffalo Chan. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, I forgot to tell you, my wife and I agreed on something. Go on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That happens all the time, actually. But we both hate how the NFL has come to use the word divisional as like mm. an object or something. It's not the divisional playoffs anymore or the divisional round even. It's the AFC divisional. Like the logo that they have and the way mm. it's introduced, CBS, NBC on Saturday. That's what it is. It's the divisional. You know, it's te- that's terrible. I hadn't noticed that. I it's guess. terrible. Yeah. A right. divisional is not a thing. A divisional playoff game is a thing. Make it the AFC semifinals. Okay. It's better. Th- yeah. That's actually used in sports parlance, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would change that. I forgot to tell you that yesterday. It should have been first thing on the show. I can't believe you didn't tell me that yesterday. I meant to, but we were talking about the loss. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. Sal was present for Brandon Bean's press conference. We aired it live and heard it too. What's the lead, Sal? Like, if you're writing an article on this thing, where do you start? Yes, physically present. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, sorry, just trying to what did I say? a little bit. What did I say? No, no, you were right. You said I was present. I said I was physically present, but yes. maybe not fully there and aware. Um, I was actually just trying to tweet as much as I could, actually. So to be honest with you, I'm just going back and looking through that as you just asked me that question. I I, I don't know if there's a lead, I guess. Um, hmm, it's a good question. Well, there's so much he touched on. He, so much he touched on. And maybe that um, no immediate, like, necessary, like, we're, we're, there's no. I, okay, so I guess I'd put it this way. The lead for me would be they're not going to overreact to one game. But that doesn't mean that changes won't be made, if that makes sense yep. in that way. I, I, uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was how blunt I thought Bean was uh, in talking about his view of the offense. I mean, he said at, at one point, you know, statistically, you know, we, we matched a lot of what we had done the previous year. But then he also said that from the bye onward, that they they never really found it. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but like that that's how he he sounded like a lot of what our shows sounded like from like November through to now. You know, like where's the offense? Where's the fastball? Like Mike might say, um, and I, that 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 to me was 
was pretty telling the from from the GM of a team that had this great year. I mean, so yeah, they're not going to overreact to one loss, but I think he's telling you that they were not up to whatever in-house standard they or he certainly has for what they should be on offense. Yeah, and you wonder, you know, in the inner workings of things, he's not going to tell us why specifically he thinks that. He's not going to give us all of that. That's for the evaluation. And he might not even know right now. That might be something that he might have some thoughts on that. And Sean McDermott has thoughts on that. <coughs> Ken, excuse me, guys. Ken Dorsey has some thoughts on that. And um, they have to get together and they have to figure that out. And that's part of the evaluation process going forward. So, yeah, I agree with you. He said second half of the year. He did say. Part of it was probably Josh Allen's injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about home games and road games and things like that, but um, I'm sure that's a lot of it. Uh, I, I didn't get a sense that, you know, I was hoping, I guess, to get a little more on, yeah, we got to add more weapons, uh, but, you know, he didn't give us a lot in that regard. But this is also a GM who said last year, we aren't going to go big game hunting, and then they signed Von Miller. I mean, you know, a lot can a lot can change between now and March and how they feel about their team, their roster, and what they're able to do or not do. Yeah, there's information today he doesn't have on on what's available to him in the market. Maybe he was being honest last year and never thought Von Miller was a possibility. I don't actually right. know that story, but I remember how shocking it was to hear that they'd signed him. Yeah, I, th- I thought we were maybe Sal getting... So, what's the lead? Like, there was no news, really. And you know it's not surprising that he wasn't critical and there's even the point that you're kind of making here which like how critical would should he want to be after the season they just had so you didn't really have that I thought maybe he was saying a couple of different ways including in what Bulldog said that they might be heading toward a change at coordinator at offensive coordinator but then he said on a question about Ken Dorsey he eventually used the line as he enters year two. You know, he mm-hmm. growing pains. We want to help him, and he'll learn. He works hard, and all the usual stuff. And you know, da da da. As he enters year two, do you take that? Because there was no follow up. Do you take that as like not a guarantee, maybe, but just as just as well that Dorsey's back or no? I take that as as of right now, like they're not necessarily looking to pull the trigger on any changes. I don't think that means that it can't change based on evaluations, based okay. on what Sean McDermott feels, based okay. on how I feel about what yeah. exit interviews are, right? I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe exit interviews, maybe players say, hey, you know, something's got to change. Maybe, maybe Sean says, look, this wasn't up to what I thought it was going to be. But I will tell you, going back to McDermott yesterday and going back to players yesterday, I felt that they gave endorsements of Dorsey. And I thought that Josh Allen gave an endorsement of Dorsey, even though he did say, how much room do you have to grow? A ton, like immediate. How much room do you have to grow? A ton. Like that was a stood out to me that he answered like that, Josh, yesterday. But then he went on to kind of say, but, you know, he, he how much he loves him and loves working with him and all that kind of stuff. I, I've just always felt that this organization knew if they were going to hire. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, battling a cough here, as you can tell. Um, this organization knew if they were going to hire a first-time offensive coordinator and play caller that they were going to have probably some growing pains, that they would have to live through them, but they would probably have to see it through. I, I don't think the organization would be eager, necessarily, to move on from mm-hmm. that first-year play caller and offensive coordinator, knowing full well going into it that he's a first-year play caller and offensive coordinator, if that makes sense, right? It just it wouldn't seem like the proper vision the Bills usually have for things. 
Yeah, and furthermore, Sal, um, you know, I, 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 I think this will be interesting to talk about for as long as we know we can. In other words, until we know that there isn't going to be a change. Um, because what, what do you – if you really want to examine it, what are we doing if we make a change? Like the, the reason Dorsey was a favorable idea to many – I don't know if I want to say most. It seemed it seemed like a pretty pretty positive move, uh, approval rating wise, because of continuity. He's here. He worked with Dayball. He works with Josh. Josh is comfortable. So we're not implementing an entirely new scheme. If Dorsey were to get the job in Carolina, or if the Bills were to want to make a move on him, I mean, I guess there are in-house candidates. Joe Brady, maybe for one. Um, but if you go looking outside, all of what I just said about continuity and familiarity and comfort and all that is now you're starting over. And, boy, you want to be careful what you wish for there because that could blow mm-hmm. up on them. 100%, and I think the Bills feel that way. They, they, they made it clear last year that a big reason why, like you just said, was not starting over. And, in fact, I remember the quote in maybe March or April. Uh, and then we had, we had a quote then – and then we had a quote again, I think I remember at training camp, which was basically asked or mini camp to Sean was how different would it be if you didn't go from in-house, if you didn't have somebody who's on staff and you went from outside and it was something to the effect of we're light years ahead, right? Like we're, we're way farther ahead. They don't want to do that. You know, it's always been in everything this organization does. It's always been for the most part. There's been obviously different th- people in and out. It's always been about trying to maintain consistency and continuity to maintain the status of the operation. Now, there is definitely room to say, well, maybe your operation should change a little bit after the way the season ended. I respect that completely. But I think when it comes to these kinds of things, coaching and personnel, they're not super eager, like I said, to necessarily do that. Now, this is a win-now business, and they didn't win this year, and they didn't get any further than they did last year. That may force them all, hopefully, to go back and say, you know, it, it, very critically, Sean always talks about it, Brandon talks about it, having honest and even uncomfortable conversations sometimes. And I'm sure that will happen. It doesn't mean it has to end up that somebody has to lose their job. The other part I'll tell you about this, and this is very important to an organization like the Bills who have the people in place, because I know these people, and I know how they think, and I know how football people think. The people they have in that building are extremely loyal to one another and work for the common good. It's not always the case, and in fact, it's very hard to find a building where that is, the, where that is like that. You, this is a business where it's dog-eat-dog dog a lot of times, and people are looking to one-up another person, and they want to get in a building and just step on someone and get over them, and you're looking over your shoulder. And I will tell you, they don't want that there. They, they want people who, you're, you're here to do your job as best you can, and hopefully that will elevate you to another job along the line somewhere. I don't want that to be, like, um, I want that to be understood because I think it's very important how the loyalty factor in everybody there for that reason is very important. And if you make those changes, you're always at risk of not having that again. There's a report this hour that, the Chargers have requested permission to interview Joe Brady, Bills quarterbacks coach, who'd been with Carolina. Uh, Mike Garofolo writes, Brady has multiple requests. It's unclear as of now which, if any, he'll accept. 
Um, is he somebody, I don't know, I don't have a question, I guess. Like, he might be waiting to see what happens with Dorsey? He, or To me, he's an option here. I already mentioned him. Like, if they wanted to do something with Dorsey and stay in-house uh, and, you know, keep all the things that we're talking about in place continuity-wise, then that that that's, you know, he's only been here the one year, but that's, right. that's your guy. For Can that. I add to that? Please. Can I add to that? Davis Webb is in town. He was in town yesterday. And Adam Schefter just reported about an hour and a half ago that he is now wanting to make the transition from player to coach. I know he's here. I'm not telling you he was meeting with the Bills necessarily. I just know he's in town because someone told me that he was at the game or I've received, I've been told by a couple of people that he's in Western New York. So for whatever that means, I'm not here to tell you that they're trying to look to replace anybody. That's not at all. Mm -hmm. What I am trying to tell you is, though, that I know he's very well respected, has connections in this organization, and that would be a natural spot or fit if someone like Joe Brady were to move on or something were to happen. Sal Capaccio on the West Her hotline. Well, it's going to be a very interesting offseason. Last year, Sal, it was so easy, you know, whether Von Miller or whoever in name was – we didn't know, but – there was no other way to look at it than that the Bills were going to push their chips in for last season, coming off that loss in Kansas City, and that's what they did. Uh, they didn't end up trading away draft picks or anything like that, but they, they they drafted Elam to start. That was a starting hole that they had, maybe the only one. He didn't actually start right away, but still, like that was with the present in mind. I wrote today about this, and also I put James Cook in this category. He's like a, a niche piece Bean himself called him a sub-back after that draft at a replaceable position. Okay, like, we're going forward, and this is a specific role we need. This year, not so much I don't mean the draft. I mean, the draft is always for young talent and the future, at least to some extent. But with all they have to navigate with the roster and contracts and everything, I don't know. Like, I I don't expect them to do anything that looks like backing up. You know, like purposefully re- retooling or anything like that, but it's going to be hard to have the the same kind of quality on paper going into this year. I think than they had the year before. It looks like that. I think they have a lot of challenges. They do have twenty one scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. Being said today, they are about in the two forty million range committed next year. Salary cap's probably going to be two twenty two thirty range. They don't know that, so they'll have to do some work to get down even just to meet the to get under the cap to start with in March. <laughs> then on top of that, you know, he, he also said that, though, there is some, there's some maneuvering that you know, they'll mm-hmm. have to know from the league standpoint and then what they'll have to do, restructure. So they'll get to it. They'll do it. I agree. And that's a good point, Mike. Like, a lot of times you're drafting just to kind of build up your roster. The Bills have kind of been able to bid a little bit more if you, luxury, if you will, I guess, you know, in the draft the last couple of years where, hey, we're, we could take a kicker. We could take a punter. We could take a pass-catching running back. These are specific needs we need to just fill some holes because, as we've said many times, just regular guys in positions are going to have a tough time making this roster anyway because the roster's good. So maybe it might be time where you think about, you know, okay, the back end of the roster isn't as good because, um, you know, we're, we're – or, or the front end, we're, maybe we're losing some top-end players here, and whether it's Tremaine Edmonds or Jordan Poyer or whatever, so we have to pump up the the – lift some guys up, and then the back end, we kind of need to replenish some depth. They might have to think a little bit differently going into the draft this year for sure. All right. Well, why don't you rest up? Well, thank you. Sorry. I uh, I had a little bit of a stomach bug all weekend and 
kind of oh, now great. it's transitioned to a little little bit of a cough, but it's okay. I've, I've been well, plow- plowing through, fighting through. I'm glad to hear that, considering we spent a few hours together. <laughs> well, we did, I guess. I know, right? I know. I shouldn't say all weekend. Sunday. Sunday. How about that? Oh, okay. Well, You're feeling okay, though, right? You're feeling okay. Never better. I hope so. Okay, well, there. There you go. We did. By the way, it was great to see you. I'm glad Trista made it to town. It was awesome to to be able to meet her and hang out with her. That was really, that was really fun. We had a good time. Yeah. Thanks for setting it up. You know? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, no I problem. couldn't. Sorry, I couldn't get there. I am glad that I I had uh, John Gale had my friend John Gale had the opportunity to meet Sal Saturday. We just ran into Sal in the concourse on the concourse at the hockey game, and Sal, I'm telling you, this guy has wanted to meet you. <laughs> he loves the fact that you're a drummer. He he's I've got ah. a drum kit in the attic. He he wants a jam session. I'm sure of it. Um, and he's just, he's wanted to meet you for I don't even know like ever since I've known him I think and he got to know what I did for a living, and you would have thought he was meeting I I don't know like one of his musical heroes or something he was so over the moon on Saturday with was running into you so thank you for being so gracious wow no problem it was great as well and that was also before my stomach bug hits Sunday morning <laughs> I'm telling you the the game the game had a lot to do with it I mean I was like that game. You know, just thinking about the game and all that went with it and, you know, what the possibilities lie. I just think it was part of it. You know, I get like churning. that for, yeah, for games. Yeah. yeah, my stomach was churning a little bit. I actually was doing – I was in the, the radio booth, and Eric Wood was a little bit maybe making fun of me because I was I was actually meditating. Eric thought I was sleeping. I was meditating. I had, I had the headphones on, and I guess he looked at some people after my late night Saturday and said, some people just can't hang. No, Eric, <laughs> that was not it. I was just not in that space right there. there I just – I just did my thing where I just left the party before announcing to everybody that it was time. I had time. no idea you left. Yeah, that's just Irish goodbye. When it's time, when you know, you know. Like I'm just okay. That's it. I'm I'm done. Bye. I waved. You didn't see me because I was way yeah, across the room, but I waved. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Thank you, Sal. Feel better. You got it. There's our Sal Capaccio on our Western Hotline. His appearances always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? What was held in Buffalo 45 years ago tonight? The Dunlop Pro-Am dinner. <laughs> remember those? Uh, I've heard of them. Okay. You're not, you're not old enough to remember them. Um, I guess I'm not. Yeah. If, for folks who don't, it'd be a thing where like sports celebrities come in and like people give speeches and someone wins like the sportsman of the year from from this club, whatever. Yeah, it, was a, it used to be a pretty big deal. Rochester um, has the Press Radio Club, right? That Same Muhammad Ali story. I right. told, I've told exactly. you, right? So good. Uh, so no, forty five years ago tonight, I don't, I don't know. I'm blank. The National Hockey League All Star Game. Here's, the, here's my favorite thing about the National Hockey League All-Star Game in 1978, in which, at the odd, in Buffalo, Gilbert Perrault scored in overtime to win the game for the Wales Conference 3-2 to two, over the Campbell Conference. 3-2 to 3-2 to two is my second favorite thing about the 1978 All-Star <laughs> Game. My favorite thing about it, the third star is Gilbert Perrault scores in overtime. The second star is 3-2. to two. The first star is the shots on goal were 40-12. to 12. The Campbell Conference All-Stars in the 1978 All-Star Game, that's like the Canadians, for starters, had 12 shots on goal. Check it. That is bonkers. Billy Smith won MVP. 
He was the starting goalie for the Campbell team. They had the, they had the Islanders, too, and maybe the Flyers, the Campbell. But, yeah, they did. That was the Campbell. Islanders, yep. Flyers, Canadians, and others. 12 shots. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The, wait a minute. The, are you sure the Canadians were over there? The, no, they were not. The Canadians were on our side. Yeah, okay. Islanders, Flyers. Okay, sorry. Anyway, I don't care if it was just the Atlanta yeah. Flames. Right. 12 shots on goal in an All-Star game is low. Yeah. Like, were fans into it? Probably. It would, yeah. An odd crowd, all dressed up in suits, enjoying the All-Star <laughs> game. And it's for, like, it was close. Yeah. Well, that's how Billy Smith won MVP. He I was, imagine. He, they both, the goalies played half the game each for each team, and he had a shutout through half the game for Team Campbell. Should have kept him in there. Probably, yeah. Pero from. Steve Shutt and the late Boreas Salming at 3.55 of overtime well, for the that's winner. That's all you needed to know about Montreal being on our side. Steve Shutt also deceased? Uh, not sure. I... Uh, T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I have I to check that before we go I to break. I don't think so. Are you, are you looking? Because I can look quickly, too. He uh, is not. Okay. Good Good news, everybody. Steve Schott. <laughs> alive and well so at age 70. when he hears that we well, know he's still alive. Yes. No. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sorry for that. It's weird. But uh, alive and well at age 70. Shout out to Steve Schott. Lafleur is dead. That's very sad. So is Salming. Love Salming, as a as a Leaf kid. Um, just that's pretty some recent. Great moments earlier this year before he passed. Yeah. I'm glad he got those moments at the at the during the Hall of Fame stuff. Right on. So anyway, that's forty five years ago tonight. All right, back to the Bills. Thoughts on anything Brandon Bean said? The loss, of course. We're not just totally past the game on Sunday. You know, eight oh three oh five fifty for your calls. The Sabers are in St. Louis. Seven o'clock pregame. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. Ken did a lot of good things. Our offensive numbers are good. Like any time you go through something the first year, I'm sure he felt at times like he was drinking out of a fire hose. You're dealing with different things. But uh, Ken is a hard worker. He's smart. And you got a guy who played the position at a very high level, you know, won national championships on a, a major college team. And that's an asset, too, knowing what, in this case, Josh is going through. And so... Ken will be very self-critical. We'll, we'll all put our heads together. Ever done that? 
drink out of a fire hose? Yes. No. <laughs> I, draw, I grew up in an era where drinking out of the hose outside anyone in our neighborhood's house was like, oh, you know, this is what you did. Uh, so I've drunk out of the hose, um, and that's challenging enough. Fire hose, I think that would hurt my lips. <laughs> I wish you just said that and stopped talking. Uh, yes, I do too. <laughs> 803-0550 for your calls. Now's good. We're kind of open here. Uh, gives me a chance to say one thing. There were two things I wanted to make sure to say today. One of them I did, and that's when the Bills called the timeout in the second half. Like, yup, defensive timeout. Third Last week 10, we had this complaint, yep. third and ten, and guess what? They converted the third and ten. It's two different complaints. Um, I don't like seeing teams use timeouts when they're doing less of it now than before, but to prevent a delay of game penalty or you know just certain situations, you might want the instinct is to call the timeout, but don't. That one, it looked like the Bills had twelve men on the field. I did not notice that on Sunday, and I think, and that's probably the case. In fact, Sean McDermott yesterday confirmed it. That's why he did it, and I think that that you have to do that. That would have, been, yeah, you would have given them a free play, and then at worst they're at third and five. Right, and that's uh, your only way out is if the officials don't catch it. <laughs> like, right. Right. the scheme part is valid. There was just a lot of confusion in the Bills' defense Sunday, including that play. Like, twelve guys on the field. Yeah. So, anyway, that wasn't that, the only time that happened. That happened down that's near right. the goal line at one point too. Yeah. That's right. That's one thing I wanted to say. The other is, and I tweeted about it at the time on Sunday. The business about how when the play clock reaches zero oh, and what, like Gene Steratore and these people who just will tell you, they all, this has always been life as an NFL fan, having to put up with these twisted explanations for why obvious mistakes aren't really mistakes. No, see, actually, the time it takes to look up and then over and then, like, you've got to be kidding me. All you have to do, that the back judge's job in that moment, the play hasn't started. De- the defense can move around all at once. Other officials are w- watching offensive motion. His job is the play clock, and the whistle can be in his mouth. It's not even the flag. The flag is fine, too. The flag could be in his hand, like he could be reaching into his pocket just in case they don't get the playoff. But there is no excuse for how it's possibly it's possibly okay if the clock's at zero. See, and I, I want to make sure I'm not duplicitous about this because I have complained forever in this day and age we're at in basketball and in hockey, and I guess in football too. There was one of these in, in the Bills game where they put one second on the clock, not even at the end of the quarter or anything, like just whatever. But how... The ball goes out of bounds in the basketball game, and it says 2.1, and they change it to 2.4. Yeah, right. Which is is bad, because the whole rest of the game, they don't do that. Right. But now we're going to do that. And now they think, like, we're, no, we, we've got to make sure it's fair, but actually you're doing the opposite. Because now you're eliminating the amount of time that it takes for the official to react to the ball going out of bounds. Which you haven't done all game. Which you haven't been doing all game. It's silly. In hockey, in basketball, it's just silly. And it's, of course, widely accepted also. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. and widely accepted. But this one, 
you don't need to have that gap because you've got all these officials, and one of them has the particular task of watching the big play clock at the other end of the field. Hey, nowhere else that he needs to put his eyes, whistle in his mouth, zero. Yeah, I I might even venture to uh, guess that depending on where the this official is on the field, he could probably or she have a view that includes what's like whether the ball has been snapped and see the clock at the same time. But those clocks are behind, like they're on either end, right in the end zones yes. on the what like. It's, it shouldn't be that hard. You shouldn't have to be watching the clock and then look to see if the ball was snapped because you're probably standing 70 yards from the clock. It's right in your line of sight. Right. The, the ball so and the clock. so is the ball. Right. <laughs> it's not hard. You wouldn't need yeah, right. in, intent to blow the whistle like in hockey. Like, just get out of here. No. These booths need somebody, like a normal person, who somehow wiggles his or her way in there for no money because the league would never pay you. The league would hate you. The league does not want anybody in there doing this or else they would have it. Who would be like, yeah, that's stupid. When like They have Gene Steratore on to explain or something like that, and then they just need a normal person in there to go like, no, sorry, that doesn't work. Like, get out of here with that. It's just the dumbest explanation I've ever heard. I'll do it for free. Well, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not doing that. I'm no, not doing that for in, free. In that league, you shouldn't have to do it for free. You should get right. paid. I don't know, five hundred thousand a week. This is <laughs> yes. This is not anything. We don't need replay. We don't need like you. You can. You're, you're going to tell me we just just review it. No, no more review it. No more review it. Mm. Just actually do it. Yeah. Just be a professional and call it when it's zero. That's it. Shouldn't be that hard. It should be easy. A child should be able to do that. But we still we're still here in this world where yes, things like are. that are just yes. not not you can't rely on them in football. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got an article up, WGR550.com. I liked it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for reading it. Just this is going to be a bumpier off season here. Doesn't have to uh, go badly. In fact, I'm kind of excited for what yeah, the Bills can pull off. But yeah, they'll I look mean, different next year. Yeah, no, nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted this outcome, uh, of course, on Sunday. Um, but we're here, and yeah, I mean, right from the start, I think we talked a bit about this yesterday. This is just a. They're in a. We even heard it come up during Brandon Bean's uh, media session earlier today. It's a very different place that they're in. We're in the roster, the salary cap, expectations, um, the conference. I mean, Cincinnati and Kansas City two years in a row. You know, the the those are the teams now. When we start talking about the pecking order in the conference, the Bills are, I think, clearly third. I mean, we'll see how that changes as the off season goes and moves get made and whatever. But like, you've got two teams that. You know, and you know both of which have kind of you know done you in in the playoffs here, um, especially Cincinnati recently. I mean, they beat you, so um, it's a very it, it it makes for an interesting spot, if not one that you were necessarily happy to be in. One of those teams, the Bengals, probably were third at best, kind of all year, this year, and you know here they are. So 
you know, whatever, <laughs> right? Like right, whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, where, where, yeah. I mean, where you, where you are, where you're perceived to be favorite, all this different stuff. I mean, we we rode hard on on that all year and ended up with the same result they had last year. So I don't know. Like again, we'll see once they get going. We don't make the odds, set the odds. Um, but it would be stunning to me if, like, by by you know by the time we get to you know the meat of the off season, free agency, the draft, all that stuff, if the Bills were ahead of those two teams and maybe a couple of teams from over on the other side too. I can't wait to find out because they, I think they should be right there in the same way that mm-hmm. losing like Tremaine Edmonds wouldn't move the point spread at all for a game. You know, what does it do to their win loss total? What does it do to their Super Bowl odds? I mean, does it have to do anything? They'll have a different linebacker if they lose Tremaine Edmonds. They'll replace him with somebody. I can't wait to find out. Here's Jim with us. Hi, Jim. Hey, guys. How are you? I actually called before Sal was going to come on. And since I called, another offensive guy in our, in our team has an ability to go get a job. So this is the premise of why I'm calling. We have a defensive coach, and I love McDermott. I have no problem with him. The problem I have is he's on the his knowledge is on the wrong side of the ball. And every year, because of Josh's freak ability, whoever it is, I don't care if it's Dorsey, I don't care if it's Sean Payton, I don't care who it is, anybody that is calling the plays for this team and that quarterback is going to get an opportunity to leave us to go make more money and take their own team. That is a problem to me. Mike, you are a huge offensive guy. If if McDermott was a quarterback who just keeps missing, just keeps missing, after that Kansas City game with 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 Buffalo and Kansas City, I guarantee most of the teams, GMs, walked in or their owners walked into the GM and said, our guy can't do that. Well, our guy who's on the defensive side of the ball cannot keep their offense intact year after year after year, adding to the playbook not reteaching the playbook or not relearning the playbook. That is our problem. We are going to loop. If we kept Dable, do you think we had 10 points or do you think we have 23 or 24 or 28 or 30 if Dable's the coach? Let's say we say we'll keep Dable and we'll move on because we'd rather have the offensive guy stuck with Josh rather than the defensive guy who's calling timeouts on third down game after game after game so he can get a look. And these other teams can say, oh, I guarantee he calls a timeout here. So if he does, we're going to flip and we're going to change this different look that he thought we were giving him, and it's a do- totally different look, and we'll get the first down. There are so many things I love about the guy, except that he's on the wrong side of the ball. And okay. I want to know what you think that we could do to have a guy, maybe it's an offensive coach and a defensive coach. I don't know, but we got to have some type of system that stays in play. That- Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I want to talk about this when we have a little bit more time because it's. I think it's reasonable. This is what you mm-hmm. like. I, I'll echo everything you said about the job McDermott's done. This is what you signed up for five years ago or six years ago. This was quarterback league. You're going to draft one in the first round. Okay, down the road, this exact scenario. What are you going to do about it? We're going to have a different scheme every year. It doesn't have to be every year, and it hasn't been. Um, and th- this year's problem, by the way, isn't. We're going to lose Ken Dorsey to a head coaching job, probably. It's whether he was good enough to stay. So there's continuity there if you want it, probably. We'll talk about this some more. Good question. Thanks, Jim. Mike Shope and the Bulldogs. 7 o'clock pregame Sabres Blues tonight on WGR. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Bulldog, you want to weigh in on the caller's point about 
McDermott being a defensive coach? I mean, it it's the best thing I think you can say in favor of doing something different there, but I still can't get there, but it it's it it's not ideal. Like you are the I mean the caller made the case perfectly. You you if you are successful, you know, your team wins and it's because your offense is awesome and your quarterback looks great, the guy running that offense more and more often is going to get attractive to other teams. So you're you're always not always, but you you know somewhat frequently are going to be looking to replace that guy. Um and that's tough. Um I don't know. I I I don't think it's a reason to like change everything here, but it's a decision that was made at the time that you're you're living with now. I really think too the best point about the point is how you can see coordinators be churned through no fault of your own. I mean, you can't pay. I mean, could you pay an offensive coordinator ten million dollars, you know, and just break that mold and expect him to never leave, and you just have this long run of success? You know, you have to probably pay McDermott more than that. I suppose, uh, in theory, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, but you still like they're in it to be the 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 boss, like. Right. I feel like Dable goes, no matter what the success rate was, he's going. If he gets a chance to coach in the league, he's going to take it. Yeah. Once in a while, they don't because the situation out, like the Texans or something, is so far gone. But, you know, usually guys go. It really hasn't, like Dable is the one time where this happened. Like that's the that's the risk you run is you win and then your guy leaves and you have to either stay within or make, you know, structural changes or whatever you have to do. And I don't consider this year a failure at all with Dorsey. Like, they were second in the league in points. And mm-hmm. that that's just, like, without weapons, past digs that you could rely on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I mean, that has to count for something. So long, long run, and it's still a great scenario where you're winning all the time. You know, Sean McDermott goes 10, 15 years or more as the Bills head coach. You're a decade from here, but you can't keep a coordinator for more than two seasons because they're winning. You know, like, would you take that? Yeah, you would take that. Because it only happens if your team is really good. That's that's the only way you have the problem, is if your team is just very successful. I think it's important with that in mind, and maybe the Bills did a little of this by, you know, they, they, kept, they had Dorsey here already. Maybe, you know, they were in their mind, 
you know, I would say almost probably they were sort of grooming him for the moment Dayball left. And maybe Joe Brady being here to back up Dorsey as quarterback's coach is the same thing. You know, I, I've got a guy in-house that knows our system, and if, you know, if the need arises, we have someone who's a reasonable candidate that we can just slide into the chair rather than go outside and have to, like, learn a whole new system, say. Mm-hmm. 803-0550, as we sort of slide into the off season here, not that we wouldn't talk about the game some more if you want, uh, and we may end up doing that ourselves, of course, but there's one player going forward on the team. He's not a unrestricted free agent whose role next year will be very interesting. I want to talk about that and other things next. The Sabres are in St. Louis pregame in just over an hour. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.